Hello and welcome to today's VJ Humonk podcast. We are a global open access video journal bringing you the latest in hematology and hematological oncology. In today's podcast, you will hear from leading experts who discuss the latest updates and challenges with CAR-T therapy in acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which was presented at the EBMT EHA 6th European CAR-T cell meeting. First, Andre Baruchel discusses challenges with CAR-T therapy in ALL and highlights the possibility of exploring dual targeting of CD19 and CD22 to overcome resistance. So CAR-T cell has been a great revolution in the field of acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Unfortunately, now that we are 12 years after the first pediatric patient infused, what the real-world data have shown us, including the long term of the previous clinical trial, is that the overall outcome is approximately 50% even free survival, which means that, unfortunately, in advanced relapse refractory BALL, approximately half of the patient will relapse. So we definitely need to improve the field. So one of the problem of the CAR T cell experience is that the target we look at is at some point a moving target. Why? Because the malignant cells are very smart and they can escape by masking or not editing at the surface the CD19 target. Because of that, trials to target two targets instead of one have been done, and there are many ways to do it. And for the, the three main ones are the following. The first idea is to say, okay, I will use two different cars, one against CD19, one against CD22, and there is two ways to infuse them, both at the same time, which is called co-administration, or one, and then the other one, each after lymphodepletion, which is called sequential administration. Two trials have been recently published with those two attitudes and are extremely interesting. The Chinese, the first Chinese one from, led by Ching Hong Pui from Memphis, has included nearly 200 patients with an even free survival at 85%, 70% for patients not transplanted after the CAR. But unfortunately, in this trial, CD19 negative relapse have been observed, and also still CD19 positive, CD22 positive relapse, which means non-persistence of the CAR. But very promising result. The sequential administration, also promising results, less patient, approximately 70 if I'm right, but again, CD19 negative relapse happening, which means that the double administration, whatever co or sequential, do not prevent completely the problem. The only paper who has shown some prevention, unfortunately, with very low number of patients, 12 patients, was done in the Great Ormond Street Hospital. And they have tried a different system, which is to say, I will co-transduce the two car at the same time in the soup, if you want. So you will have cells expressing a CD19 car, cell expressing CD22 car, and cell expressing both. So it's a mixture of, of, of different type of cells. Interestingly enough, 
In this trial, no CD19 negative or CD22 negative relapse have been observed, but it's only 12 patients and they have a problem, they say in the paper, of persistence. So they are trying to come back to the manufacturing issues to have more immature cells, more stem cell memory cells, etc., etc., to have more persistent cells. And then with higher numbers and more persistence, we will see if this very successful outcome is to be reproduced. Next, you'll hear from Pere Barber, who highlights factors to consider when managing patients with BALL prior to CAR-T therapy. Following this, Alex Rampotas discusses a real-world study evaluating the efficacy of CAR-T cells in post-transplant relapsed BALL and shares his thoughts on how CAR-T cells will impact the future of BALL. The management of ALL patients needs to take into account several factors that both derive from the patient him or herself and the previous treatments that the patient has received. I think it's very important to also to look at the CD19 expression and the prior use of certain drugs like analtuzumab and blinitumumab. And of course, looking and managing the patient in the bridging therapy to try to bring the patient to the CAR T cell therapy with the less amount of disease as possible. Classically, the management of frontline therapy for ALL patients was based only in chemotherapy. But now we have other agents like inotuzumab and blinatumumab, especially, which is moving forward to the first line. We've seen several clinical trials in the past ASH meeting evaluating the use of blinatumumab in the first line setting. And of course, this has uh, important implications in the outcome of patients, the expression of CD19, and also in the safety and neurological complications of patients during blinatumumab. So the Management of the patients uh, that has received that had received prior brinatumumab will need to be tailored and also look specifically at the risk factors in that population of patients, which apparently, based on the data that we have today, that they are not exactly the same that patients that are brinatumumab naive. And of course, the bridging therapy will need no strategies because these patients could not receive those drugs that had previously received in the first line. So we're very excited about this study because it's the first time that we were able to look at outcomes of patients with post-transplant relapse, BAQ lymphoblastic leukemia in the era of novel treatments and CAR T-cell therapy. So we have been able to demonstrate that the CAR T-cells in the real world, uh, they have superior PFS NOS, so progression-free survival and overall survival in comparison to all other treatments. And these included uh, blinatumab, inotuzumab, so a real test for the CAR T-cells in the real world. Uh, additionally, we also excluded palliative therapies, uh, so that the comparison is uh, it's, uh, uh, more fair, if you like, and uh, CAR T-cells are still superior. So I think this is a very good study, and it demonstrates that CAR T-cells should be used in this setting and should be used more as they provide a very good uh, treatment options for patients. So in the, in the last few years, we have seen uh, the advent of many novel therapies for BALL. However, we are still not curing all patients or not achieving CR in all patients. So there are two things. First of all, there would be more novel treatments like TKIs or bispecific T-cell engagers being used up front. But additionally, the CAR T-cells will improve. 
We have more products coming along. For example, the Obicel would most likely be approved for relapse PALL, and this is a product that persists longer and hopefully will achieve better CR, better PFS, better OS. So I think it, it's an exciting time, and I think we can uh, we can envisage that the next few years will have better treatments, more treatments, and hopefully those survival curves will actually uh, be looking much better and will achieving hopefully 70, 80 plus percent uh, long-term CR rates. Lastly, Andre Baruchel gives an overview of challenges and advances made with the use of CAR-T therapy in TALL. So T-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia is a really underserved population at relapse because we know that at relapse, the prognosis is really dismal. So CAR T-cell for TLL pose a very difficult problem. Why? Because CAR T-cells are T-cells. So if you manufacture and you do not have a leukemia-specific target, the CAR will kill themselves. So it's called fratricide, or by the Americans, friendly fire. This is the first problem. The second problem, in BLL, when you destroy normal B cell, you can live without B cells if you substitute with immunoglobulin, which is the case of the, fa the first famous Emily Whitehead patient. She still received immunoglobulin 12 years after. But you cannot live without T cells. So T-cell aplasia is to be prevented or treated. And the third problem is because T-cell blasts are looking like T-cells, contamination during the manufacturing process is very difficult to prevent because if not, you will put car in a blast, which is not what you would like to do, obviously. So these are the main problems. And also if you talk about allogeneic car, then the problem is you risk to to induce so-called graft-versus-host disease with a T-cell bearing the cars that you infuse, which are not the same HLA type than the recipient if you do allogeneic car T-cell. So at the moment, all these problems have been tackled and very elegantly, the first one, which is, I would say, the predominating model is to say, let's abolish the target inside the CAR T cell, and I will look for this target on the leukemia. So the antigen, which is the most fashionable at the moment, is called CD7. So there is a very elegant way, either by knockout or by re retaining the information, retaining the protein inside the cell, not at the surface, so that the CAR T cell do not express any more CD7. So there is no fratricide. So this problem has been overcome. The, the elegant way also to say, I would like to give allogenic T cell, CAR T cell, is to say, I will destroy the TCR, the T cell receptor. So this has been done by many methods, including CRISPR and more elegantly with base editing. So there is a beautiful English publication in the New England Journal of Medicine with three patients being edited and received allogenic CAR-T, autologous CAR-T, uh, allogenic CAR-T, and then brought to transplant successfully, at least in two of the three cases. So these are, let's say, embryonic results. 
And there is also a nice company-driven, biotech-driven results with 25 patients with a very promising overall response rate at the recommended phase two dose, which is pretty high, 900 million cells, flat dose, which is six times what we infuse generally. But with this dose and with the adapted conditioning regimen, it was presented at ASH 23, the overall response rate is 100%. Obviously, these are allogenic car. They do not persist. You will need a, probably a transplant for most of the patients. But let's say that compared to a few years ago, the field of CAR T-cell for T-cell LL is advancing a lot. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VJHemonk and subscribe to VJ Hemonk Podcasts on Spotify, Apple and Podbean. Until next time. Thank you.